Welcome to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjo Gall. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sunjo Gall. Hello and uh, welcome to CTN. To learn more about the show, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. And the topic for today, an interesting one, which is from small ideas to big impact. Small ideas, they can always lead in many cases to a big impact, but it depends on the way we acquire that idea, the way we uh, serve and retain our customers, right? And even acquisition of the customers is impacted with that. Now, with that said, one idea would not cut it. They have to keep coming. You got to keep testing them. You got to keep operationalizing the ones which really show promise after you've done some proof of concepts. Can you make a machine out of innovation? Can you make it predictable? But also do that based on all the constraints that we may be facing in the past. And lately, when we have this pandemic, it has posed constraints like never before. Can we still have this idea machine built and run the way we want? To discuss this, we have Miao Song, who's the Global Chief Information Officer with Mars. Hey, Miao, how are you? Um, I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me today. Um, just um, by the way, I'm the global CIO for Mars Pet Care instead All right. of Mars. Thank you for correcting there. And I also have Byron Clymer, CIO with Lockton Companies. Hey, Byron, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, Sanjay. Thank you so much for uh, the opportunity to speak with you today. Great to have you. So, yeah, let's start with you. When we are trying to talk innovation, and of course, we have done many such conversations around innovation, but what really people say is sustained innovation is not for the faintest of the hearts, or it is not happening that easily, or it's not happening at all for many companies. So my first question is, what holds back organizations from making this sustained innovation thing happen? And what has being the whatever challenges that held us back in the past, in what way would you say it has they have been compounded because of the pandemic? Yeah, so so let me share with you my perspectives around innovation. First of all, I think innovation can be big ideas, something you want to change the world, but also innovation can be some small ideas where you continuously add value to your day-to-day businesses. Um, so those are, those are, I guess, two things there. But often organizations failed to have a sustainable innovation across board because of various reasons. I think most important one is around longer-term view. So many organizations obviously have their financial performance target or the business performance target. As a result, they actually deprioritize some of the fantastic ideas and thought those ideas really don't contribute to the short-term goals. Um, I think that's a major reason why a lot of innovation ideas were not able to be successfully put through uh, across organization. Um, I think the second challenge for many organizations are really around capability in the organization, being able to carry over the innovation ideas, being able to make it happen. Um, you know, people are, may not be bold enough. Um, there is a general, also some general fear about, hey, if I fail this initiative, 
Am I going to be seen as a failure in the organization compared with my peers who actually take a much safer uh, bet in, in their work? Uh, I think that second one is actually quite related to the culture, the general culture. Uh, the third one I see during COVID um, in the last 18 months, at least, um, I think there's a lot of change. Um, it's not because of the, suddenly the culture change in the organization. I think it's all because of the industry, the customers and consumer behaviors um, has been changed uh, during the crisis. And that forced organization to come out with more innovation ideas and also make them happen in the fastest pace because if they're not doing it, they're going to be out of the game very soon. So um, those are the three things where I observed in the last um, 18, 20 months. I think the other one, what I saw was um, many organizations did a very good job in terms of really promote innovation, but they see innovation as some fancy stuff where they don't have a good mechanism to really track and measure the success of innovation. So for example, if a team come out with the idea around new digital product and they build it quickly, but often, you know, this digital product was probably not in favor by many people at the beginning and they were, they, they had a hard time to track what success looks like. Uh, has less people actually understand what's the future of innovation. So I think these are some of the reasons, obviously not all reasons, but some of major reasons where I saw innovation turning to something not that exciting anymore. So Byron, I'd like to build upon what Mia said that some people don't know how to do it, but if it happens, they do it. If they get lucky, they have one innovation, but after that, how to maintain that momentum? When you try to do what you did in your organization, in whatever way, in this context of innovation, even though you're from the CIO's role, but what have you seen your organization's DNA in terms of innovation and how has that morphed? Is there more propensity for innovation? People are cringing at the idea of innovation because pandemic hit. Yeah, no, that's a great question. And I, I think, uh, you know, just to follow on what Miao said, I think during the pandemic, organizations uh, sort of went conservative and uh, they went conservative from a financial perspective, don't spend a lot of money, um, cut anything that's not essential, uh, those sorts of mindsets were happening around the boardroom and, exec and executive leadership rooms. I think those companies that uh, doubled down on investment spend, uh, on innovation, on uh, creating new ideas and new products, I think they're going to evolve from the pandemic in a much better spot. They're going to they're going to they're going to leverage the opportunity. Uh, to accelerate. So I think, I think that's one aspect of it. Uh, innovation is not about creating an idea. In my mind, innovation is about uh, creating an ecosystem. And the foundational pieces for that ecosystem are all around the people. I think when, when organizations think uh, we need to bring in technology to create innovation, they're missing they're missing the point. So organizations that uh, bring in the right DNA and everyone is different. Every organization is going to be different on what that DNA mix needs to be. Uh, and then compound that with a culture, uh, to Miao's point, uh, that allows for failure. Uh, you know, my favorite quote uh, 
out there is uh, from Thomas Edison. He was interviewed towards the end of his career by a newspaper reporter. And the newspaper reporter said, Mr. Edison, how did you deal with all the failures in your career on how to uh, build a light bulb? And Mr. Edison said, I don't see those as failures. I see those as uh, different ways not to build a light bulb. And that's the difference uh, between cultures that are able to innovate and sustain that innovation. They don't see it as a failure. They see it as a pivot point for them to grow and build something else off from. And I think that's the mix you have to have. And the unfortunate thing is, you know it when you see it. You know beauty when you see it. You know elegance when you see it. You know technology when you see it. Uh, And it's sort of in the eyes of the beholder from the perspective of their company. Uh, but there have been, you know, from, from, from the company that I'm with now, Lockton, uh, it, uh, over the last two years, we've went in and we've changed uh, the mindset about uh, what good looks like, uh, moving from more of an operational organization to more of an innovative organization. And it's not just a technology uh, view, but it's more of a product view that encompasses what is the business looking for? How can we accelerate our position in the marketplace? And one of those tools in our, our toolbox is really uh, technology, but it's also uh, the innovative ideas that are coming from our frontline associates on what it is that they need. And then how do we bring the, the concepts of technology, the concepts of data to bear, to, to, to make something that's truly innovative for them and how they do their job? So based on what Byron said that, you know, innovation needs to uh, be started, keeping in mind that the values to be created. And then even there are a lot of people who struggle with the idea that, okay, uh, if, if innovation has to happen, it has to, uh, it has to be thought through. But then now we are talking about doing it times thousand, right? Yeah. Do you think it's a good idea for an organization to start going for a sprint when they can barely crawl? Uh, see, I think I may have a slight different view than a lot of people. A lot of people talk about innovation. They talk about uh, you know, like test fast, uh, fail fast. And I don't buy in fail fast. In the end, you want to be successful, right? You don't want every effort you made seen as innovation, then you fail, and then you go the next one immediately. I think I think innovation is, maybe, maybe some people have a misunderstanding of innovation. They thought, hey, you know, innovation means uh, Elon Musk create, you know, Tesla or SpaceX. Um, yes, that's big, bold innovation, but there are so, so many other innovation initiatives the organization can tackle. I can give you a few examples. Uh, so during, during COVID, our organization, um, which we have, we are kind of consumer business, right? But we also have veteran health business. Um, we focus on innovation on the new business model, uh, the way we engage and connect with the consumer and pet owners um, during the pandemic. Hence, we create a new digital channel through innovation initiatives. Many of these initiatives doesn't cost um, a lot of money. 
most of them cost, cost uh, not very high um, investment, yet the business returns are, are huge. Um, you know, for example, we created a direct-to-consumer online store um, during pandemic and rolled out very quickly in five markets in three months, which we never thought we could do that before COVID, you know. And that's, for me, is an innovation. Although the model was there, but how you actually uh, innovate your um, business model, but also the way you deliver to your services, and we also created telemedicine solution for the pet, for the pet owner to, to connect with the doctor during pandemic. And for me, I think it's also innovation because we innovate in our business models through technology and through other initiatives. Um, therefore, I think starting from small is a good approach for most of the organization. But make sure, you know, when you start some something, you're very clear on what you want to achieve. Are you addressing uh, some of the pain points of your customers or the pain points of the organization? I think that's how the innovation can be sustainable. Otherwise, when people start something new and often very quickly, uh, they feel they're not able to, uh, to sustain. The other one I saw was around, um, around how, um, how to keep the innovation energy in the organization for the company where innovation may not be the DNA. Um, I think a lot of uh, work needs to be done to uh, keep the energy going on innovation. Uh, what, I'm, what I'm doing with my team is my organization is really nurture the culture on a regular basis. Um, I run um, some, something like digital hackathon initiatives, uh, crowdsourcing initiatives, focusing some of the business problems, but through innovation, uh, through different way of working uh, to help the organization to come out with some of the new initiatives. Um, so I quite like um, some of the wonderful code from Albert Einstein. And he said, imagination is more important than knowledge. So I use this code at the beginning of one of my digital hackathon summit, where I actually invited uh, all my team my business partners in the organization, uh, people from business, but also my IT vendor partners, a small company, big company, all the whole ecosystem to join my innovation event. Um, so this help, this type of work actually help people to get inspired, to have the energy to continuously innovate. For people who actually innovate, also get a good recognition from the organization to acknowledge their efforts to innovate. Um, so I, I would say those are the things the organization can do. Again, culture is something really need um, to be nurtured. And, and also I think the other one is that we have to encourage the teams um, to come out with some new ideas to resolve the problem. Because if, if many organizations probably run very good business. For, for example, in our case, our business is running very well. I mean, we grow double digits. Um, and we are doing pretty well during pandemic. Pandemic, so it's very easy. The organization may have some like you know complacency, right? If your business is doing very well, why you why you have to do things differently? So I think creating that um, safe harbor for people to solve the problem uh, with the innovative way is very very important. Um, so that that's where the organization what organizations can do in terms of driving the innovative culture. So yeah, if I, Sanjay, if I could just add on uh, what uh, Miao was saying. So 
I, I completely agree that um, innovation is different uh, from different perspectives of different companies. So I, I, you know, the, 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 the foundational piece is being able to connect with your end users or your business users and understand what do they need? What's the, what's the business problem that they're trying to solve? And then us as technologists uh, trying to figure out different ways, different mechanisms to solve those problems. And the pandemic has uh, sort of enunciated that with, especially in our business with uh, our, our associates would typically go face-to-face uh, with our customers and our clients. So we had to figure out different ways to be able to broker that conversation uh, with prospects and uh, clients to, to do business. So, you know, technologies like this, uh, you know, beforehand uh, we had, you know, roughly um, maybe 25% of our uh, calls were video calls. And now, you know, it's in the 90% uh, range. And we created, we leveraged technology to allow our, our associates to create microsites so that they could put pitch information as they go out to prospects and create some, some pretty awesome uh, types of videos that, that, that clients and prospects could click on and see what the services that, uh, that Lockton would provide. We hadn't done that before. Uh, but you know, from a technology perspective, there was a business problem out there on how do we connect with our, uh, our clients and our prospects and uh, be able to solve those things. So, but I do think there's, you know, there's, there's, there is uh, some aspect of it where innovation is, uh, there is, there is a failure aspect of it. So it's not, you fail at everything, but you've got to try different things. And some of those are going to work and some of those are not going to work. And that's sort of the approach that we take at Lockton. So I have this thought, in fact, listening to both of you, there seems to be three dimensions of anything that we want to put out and make it sustainable. You want the volume, you want the variety, you want the velocity at which you do something. That's beautiful when you can have all three of them happening and your system of anything is humming. So Byron, coming to you, do you think if Edison was asked to say, create another thing like a light bulb, do it sooner and do many of these innovations together. Would we have seen a good light bulb type of innovation, which would have created the value that we were looking for? That's a great question. I think uh, that it would have gotten done, but I think because of all the distractions uh, that may have been been hitting him at the same time as as trying to create this. Uh, I don't think you would have gotten the same uh, the the same result. I think eventually you would have, uh, but it would have taken more time. Uh, and I think it all depends on the structure. You know, Edison was sort of a, a one person show uh, to to try to build it, and I think you've got to create a system like Meow was talking about. Uh, around innovation with inside of your company. I don't think Edison just woke up one morning and said, I'm going to go build a light bulb. I think uh, there was a lot of trials. There was a lot of uh, uh, research and development that went around it that uh, was put in place. And I think a lot of companies, uh, 
at least for uh, ours, locked in, you still you have to be focused. Uh, it's like it's like McDonald's waking up one day and saying, you know what, I'm going to create the world's best spaghetti. It's not really in their wheelhouse. So focus on hamburgers, focus on French fries, and focus on ancillary products that are going to uh, innovate their restaurant change. That's sort of how we focus at Lockton is what are some of those products and, and innovations that we want to create that's going to enhance the experience for our clients and our prospects and then offer them better capabilities. So I don't think you can, uh, you can't force it, uh, which I think is your question, Sandra. You can't force innovation, uh, but you can put structures and an ecosystem around it that uh, will help enable it uh, to get through the, the, the process. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And Mia, I'd like to send the same question back to you because you mentioned that people should be having their imagination soaring and then you should have a system around it. So if you were to check this whole innovation uh, machine, if you will, that I referred to in the beginning, can it be set so that on a consistent basis, it delivers the volume, the variety, and at the velocity we all want? If yes, what's that magic recipe? If not, what is the missing ingredient? Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjog All at CIO Talk Network. You are listening to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjo Gall. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, now, based on what Byron mentioned and my original question about volume, variety, and velocity, that is typically possible for any mature process, but innovation by design means something new every time. How do you get your arms around it and deliver on these three expectations? So I think it's going to be really hard to have all the, you know, like big data definition you have, right? Yeah, so that's exactly, I know what, that's what I stole it from. <laughs> but I wanted to bring it in. Yeah. Yeah, see, the first one is variety. Uh, variety. It's very hard for an organization to be able to create innovation, um, you know, uh, in different areas. Organization can do very well in their core businesses, right, in what they're really good at. You know, if there's plenty of examples such as Google, SpaceX, um, you know, company like PayPal, Uber, right? They're so focused. They're not doing like 100 things on innovation, I mean, also Google may have some kind of dream projects, but not all the projects are successful, to be honest. I think the organization need to know what exactly they're good at and innovate to those things to achieve their big dream. So every organization should have a vision statement, also have a what is a big dream. And their innovation should be, you know, around those dreams. Um, you know, for us, we are, you know, pet care company. Our vision is create a better world for pets. 
And our innovation is all about, about, you know, how can we create a better world for pets? Because there is about one billion pets in this world. And, uh, you know, you may hear, see, this is uh, something we created, but it's very inspirational. And then that's why we were able to put, uh, you know, different business models together, create that ecosystem uh, through some of the innovative thinking. In, in, uh, that is beyond traditional, you know, kind of consumer company already. Um, and I think the, the other one is um, how you actually create that innovation machine. Um, that means that I mentioned focus is one area, but the second area is really how you actually recognize people who are really doing well uh, with innovation. You have to really nurture the culture, not forcing. I think nurture and forcing are very, very different things. Uh, so for people who actually have innovative ideas, the organization should recognize and give them some freedom or space to put those ideas into reality. Um, that is that is important uh, for many for many organizations. Um, last but not least is really around um, you know getting some dedicated funding for innovation because in the end, if there's no investment, nothing can be done. So either small investment or big investment, depending on the companies. It has to be some allocated innovation fund uh, to make the idea happen. So for us, we have some dedicated innovation fund um, on a yearly basis for to come out with new ideas for people to, who have good ideas to actually make their ideas into uh, into reality. Um, for example, some of the we're actually working with some of the startup companies to look at virtual reality enabled warehouse automation. Um, solution, which is completely new solution in your organization. I see this one as a um, really, really innovative solution and will bring a lot of value to our organization. Hence, we're making it happen, even with budget constraint. So I think all of these things has to be there to create a sustainable, innovative uh, engine for, for the organization. Byron, I were to, if I were to ask you to say, hey, if you were the person who was given in charge, I made the in charge of innovation, for example, you had to go to the, the big boss and say, give me the money. I want to start something cool and new. You take that and you tell the people who are already working because you would not always suddenly get a brand new staff. You'll say, hey, you already have your spilling plate. Let me give you something cool and new to work on. And then once they do one, because they were excited and say, now this is going to be part of your daily life. Do you think this is going to fly? It's a great question. And it's, it's probably more common than you, than you think across uh, all IT organizations. Um, I, I, I don't think that it flies. I think if you're going to invest in innovation, then you have to invest in the people as well. And you you have to you have to give them time uh, to to Meow's point the imagination you've got to let their imagination flow, uh, and it's hard when you've got uh, all of the day to day activities of uh, the job to do. So I think you have to be uh, focused about carving time off, real time, not time in the evenings. Uh, to allow people to innovate, and whether that's a rotational piece, one of the one of the areas that we do at Lockton is we carve time off for six months, and it's a, a rotation. Uh, if the product 
if the product goes longer than that, then we figure out a way to either augment or bring other folks in. Uh, but I think it also depends on the size of the innovation uh, teams that you have. Your, your entire uh, headcount can't go towards innovation. Otherwise, nobody's there focused on creating the revenue. So you've got to focus on those things as well. So I, I, I think in our world, at least from our perspective, you can't just add to somebody's workload uh, especially what we found in the pandemic, uh, our workload went up when everybody went remote. Uh, and it's, it's at some point the, the machine breaks and it's not the innovation that breaks, it's the actual run the business that breaks. So you've got to be very methodical about uh, how you structure that within the organization. So Miao, when you went about this journey, and I'm, I'm, when I say you means your organization, did they carve out a set of people who just love to come up with ideas and just go breaking things apart only to build something cool? Or you had a great way of getting existing people to carve out a portion of their time without compromising the productivity and the revenue and the operational stability requirements of a business? to make this happen? What did you fundamentally do to your org structure to make this happen? Both. So uh, it's both, uh, it's both. Um, but the, but I, I find that um, just carve out a innovation organization for the sake of innovation is less effective than having people who understand the business, understand the customer need to come out with new ideas and build on something new in the organization. Um, so that, that's my view. I think the other one is really around, it got to be very clear on what problem you're trying to solve at the beginning, instead of, hey, let's do innovation. We had some experience uh, in my previous jobs. I had some experience around, hey, let's do innovation. And suddenly we came out with ideas, let's do innovation day. So let's all go to, I think it was, I remember it was like 10 years ago, every, it was so fancy to visit all the companies in Silicon Valley. So suddenly all of us went to, you know, like Google campus, you know, all of you name it, startup campus that were like, hey, only them know how to do uh, innovation. So let's do innovation day in our organization. And we forced people to um, come out with ideas and, uh, and going to implement. I find that is not very effective. Uh, maybe it's very effective for some of the high-tech company, but not very effective for our organization. I think what is more effective is uh, starting from, you know, the vision to understand uh, the business problem and then using innovative ideas to solve the problem, which makes more sense uh, to get a stakeholder buy-in. The second one is right investment. The third one is the value. The value can be seen as well. Obviously, we have some uh, people in the organization where we acquired from startup companies, from Silicon Valley, but we also have teams who, um, who actually came from other organizations whose specific focus on product innovation, but also focus on business model innovation. Um, some of these are doing very well, but some of the people who came from startup company, when they joined a large organization, they are, I mean, honestly, they're struggling. The reason why it's struggling is all the large organizations have this, um, you, you name it, the governance model, uh, which has been established in the past years. 
Um, often I find people who came out with truly innovative ideas are struggling with the model, with governance. I think the job um, for the large organization leaders is really how can you ensure that people who came out from truly innovation background uh, can continuously uh, maintain their imagination rather than being, you know, being um, delayed of their new ideas because obviously organizers are so big all their time spent on get rid of the uh, bureaucracy or the governance. So, so mm -hmm. sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, so I think, I think that's very, very important. For me, I think it's really important to nurture the culture, to have um, either an innovation team focus innovation, but most importantly, to have people who are able to solve the problem, continuously drive new ideas and make it happen. Martin, if you had to build what Miao is in the process of building, and if you had to start from scratch, what would that playbook look like in your view? And it's, it's a good idea for you to even see if you can share the, the, the culture, the DNA of your organization. And in context of that, what would you have done? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And, uh, you know, Meow hit, it, hit the nail on the head. You've got to have people that understand the business. So it's not just having a group of people go off as a think tank, but you've got to have a business problem to solve. And that's where innovation works at its best. If you just have somebody that a group that's carved off and say, okay, go create innovation for the company. It doesn't work. It, it just doesn't work. So it starts with people that understand uh, the, the, the business of your company. Uh, what, are those, what are those, who are those people? So identifying those people, and then uh, those people are gonna have ideas about how to improve your business. And it's not, it's not about creating the next generation product. Innovation is relative to every company. So how do you get those people together? And whether it's pizza party, whether it's uh, you know, uh, a, a, a formal meeting, uh, getting those people together to have the conversation about the business problem, a business problem, or a, a product problem, and then putting those minds around it. That is step one, in my opinion, to, to get those groups together uh, to have a uh, conversation around how would they solve it? Because it's not one person that's going to come in. It's going to be a team that comes in that they're going to feed off from one another and they're going to have ideas. Some of those ideas are going to be good and some of those ideas uh, not so good. And then you focus on uh, how, do you create, uh, how do you create value uh, from what those ideas uh, start from. So, Mia, when you get, uh, got started with this whole thing, I'm sure it was not a smooth sailing boat like the things which you're proud of sharing today. You must have had your set of bruises and the horror stories and, and setbacks. What are some of those and what, what caused them and how did you bounce back? Yeah, I think the first one is every time when when people talk, or myself or my team talk about, hey, these are the new business model, you know, we should do. Um, then the first bounce back from some of our business folks are, hey, you're IT, why are you doing this? 
you know, I think then they were like, you know, IT is supposed to do the system implementation, fulfill the business requirements, and do whatever business uh, tells them to do. So that is the biggest challenge on, hey, why are you involving the business? Why are you involving the marketing, you know, et cetera. I think, I think most important for me is really, you know, being uh, firm. And uh, because, you know, all the IT folks have to be business leaders and the functional leaders both. It can't be we are the order taker or we're just purely the business partner of IT and we are innovator. So that's, that's how I position my team. Uh, in fact, I create a, my team vision is around we boldly uh, driving and shape the industry through technology. So that's our vision. Our vision is not being a successful IT organization. It's how we actually leverage technology to shape. Um, so I think that's very important. And you have to be bold enough to be able to be innovative. That's, that's super important. You have to support people to be bold rather than just uh, give up, you know, when they have some challenge. So that's what I do as a leader. Just bold support, back up my team who come out with innovative ideas and support them to make it happen. And if something fails, right, if you support them, something fails, it's count on you. I will be like, count on me. I'm not scared. So I think that's the gut needs to happen uh, in the organization. The second one is uh, helping them, helping people to understand how to innovate, to, how to come out with the new ideas, uh, broad, uh, I think brought more external perspective and will be, will be very, very helpful. Uh, what I'm trying to encourage my team doing is going, understand what's going on outside the company, uh, what's going on in the innovation space, in the technology space, uh, and in other, in other space, so that they have a more comprehensive view uh, when they're trying to solve the business problem. Um, those are the, I would say, some of the things uh, the leader can do to help to nurture the culture. Yeah, if, I, if, I, if I could just add on to uh, that as well. So I, I, I think, to, to Mao's point, I think if, if the business sees it as IT-led, at least in my experience, um, IT, if they're not connected with the business uh, and where the end user, it's not seen as collaborative, then those are going to fail. I think you've got to put a structure in place within the organization to make that connection. So one of the, one of the areas that we focused on uh, when I came here a few years ago was how do we create that connection? How do we put the right people in positions to be able to connect with our business leaders. And that has been, uh, that's been a huge progression for us, but it's gotta be the right person. So you, it's, not, it's not their technology expertise, but it's how they go and build relationships with those business leaders uh, that has uh, been, uh, been, a, been a big investment for us. So Byron, when, uh you take this once to your people, they'll be all excited. But then when you keep going to them, and yes, you say on the team's behalf, you go to the business and say, we will lead the charge in terms of innovation. And that means all that effort will come downhill to the people who are also doing many other projects. Mm -hmm. Many of them could come back potentially or may have be passive aggressive or defensive and say, we didn't sign up for this. I know you're doing this, 
And I know it's exciting, but you also want my performance appraisal to look AAA in all different checkboxes that you put in there. This is change management before innovation takes off. What do you do regarding that? That's a great question. So um, I think human nature, so, so one, one of the things that we put in place is, is you've got to bring the team uh, with you along every step of the way. Humans hate surprises. Uh, so the sooner that you can get them involved and show them the vision, show them the opportunity, show them the need for the company, humans, you know, naturally, and especially IT people want to solve problems. So there is, there is going to be a group that is not going to want to go with you. So my philosophy is around 5149. And what I mean by that is as long as you get 51% of your organization on board, then the other 49% is broken down into two categories. There, there's half of those are sort of in the middle trying to decide if they want to go with you or if they want to do something else. And then the other half, well, they're kind of a lost cause. So they're going to have to figure out or you're going to have to figure out as a leader how much effort and energy do you want to put into trying to get uh, those other folks, the, the 29.5% uh, uh, over, actually 24.5% over to uh, uh, what you're trying to do. But as long as you have the 51% uh, on your side, then uh, you're going to be able to get to where you're, you're going to go to. But you can't keep them in the dark. Uh, one of the one of the failures, and uh, you know, around some of the governance structures in there, the project hits the the door of IT, and then you've got to marshal the team. That's too late. You've got to keep the organization updated on the business, where the business is headed, and some of the big problems that you're trying to solve for the business, and then you point in the direction on, on where you need them to go. Uh, you put the structures in place. Uh, you as the leader remove the roadblocks that are in play and then you execute to get there. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Now, Meow, I have a question for you that while to the field staff, you will try to lead them, but you also have middle management, which were historically trained to do things the way it is told versus doing the right things the way they should be done. So for innovation to take roots, do you clean up the middle management and start with the fresh one? Because they would invariably have a tendency to go back to get things done right versus doing the right things. Or do you have an academy that you have to build internally or a way of training so that they transform from being a manager to a leader for you to make this all happen? Yeah, I would take a strategy. I mean, I, I took strategy of build and buy. So I think it had got to be the right balance. If you wait for the organization and nurture the culture until everybody specifically need layer, 
get it. Um, it's going to take ages, to be honest, because that's not nature of everybody to be innovative, right? Uh, I think, so that's, 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 uh, that's important. But at the same time, I mean, what I did is really bring some talents who actually really keen and capable of innovation. So, so they will be mingled with, with my team and, uh, and then they will change uh, and influence the rest of the organization. So that's, that's the uh, that's approach I took. I think this gives a good balance of keeping the, you know, some of the folks who already have the history of the organization who typically do things well in the same way, um, but also having talents who are really able to drive innovation and coming from external world. So, so that's what I do um, typically. It works in a lot of areas, but then also depends, I think, depends on the business model and some of the initiatives, but it also doesn't work in, in certain cases. But in certain cases, um, you have to make a tough decision to make a change. So I had the experience of making tough decision to make a change quickly if it doesn't work. If some somebody doesn't work well, and I have to make a switch quickly. So that's now, how I, I took it. Okay, great. So, so Byron, if you were to think yourself and your peer groups who are all supposed to demonstrate leadership and also steer the ship in a way where innovation plays a big role in the way the whole business works. What would you do at leadership level? Would you fundamentally start rethinking and cross-training and, and collaborating in a certain way so that you change your DNA respectively as different business heads or group heads so that then that that streak of you doing things, saying things in a consistent manner will flow down and that's what's going to do. So, so how would you change your leadership DNA in an organization for innovation to take roots the way you'd like? Yeah, no, great question. So um, it all, you hit the key word there, Sandra. It's around collaboration. So uh, our, our job as leaders is to tell the story. Uh, and storytelling, let me be brutally honest for IT folks, it's hard uh, because we're into solving problems. We're into uh, leveraging technology and we want to talk about uh, those things. But it, when you talk to business leaders, when you talk to the peer groups, it's about telling the story around the why. So I always uh, talk about the burning platform. So you've got to, you've got to, you've got to show them that you have an understanding of the way things operate today for them. And for them, then taking them from that point to where you think as uh, the, the, the senior technology leader, where you think you can help them and putting it in a perspective that they understand, not, you know, not the bits and bytes, not the, you know, the, the, uh, the IT talk, but it's about painting, it's about painting the picture and telling the story in a collaborative view. And look, it's not a, it's not a one and done. It's not one PowerPoint. It's, it's not one email. It's a conversation that continues, which means there's a relationship that develops over time so that, so that when there's a question, when there's a concern, or maybe even when there's an idea, then you can, you can uh, uh, involve them uh, without 
uh, having to wait until the point that you're going to roll the technology out or the innovation out and they go, uh, what is this? Why do you think this is going to solve uh, my business problem? So it's a collaborative effort. And then once you do that, then your, your people are, are going to see that you're going to have them engage as well with other business leaders at their level. And then that's where the magic really starts to happen is when those walls, uh, the, 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 the virtual barriers get broken down and those conversations start to, those lines of communication start to open up uh, between the technology teams and the frontline business teams. And look, it's not an overnight piece. It, you know, some months, years uh, uh, to make it happen, but it starts at the top, in my opinion. One last question for you, Miao. Less than a minute for you to respond. What did you learn yourself as a leader? What did you fix in yourself as a leader for you to see the results that you are seeing today? So what, um, what I fix on myself as a leader is, um, is really, I think, managing my own emotion, honestly. I think leader, really, what makes leaders as a leader is not because they know more than anybody else in the organization. It's not because they're knowledgeable with a, or with a higher education. I think what makes leaders stand out is, um, you know, being authentic, um, you know, being able to ma manage the emotion of the mom uh, momentum that you are successful, but also being able to manage your emotion and your team's emotion around failure. So whether you are recognized by your internal organization or not well recognized, it doesn't matter. As long as you believe uh, you're doing the right thing, um, go and do it. I think this is the, the learning um, I learned um, through a lot of reflection in, in the past uh, and the past experience. At the beginning of my career, I, I, I probably focused too much around, hey, I really need to be recognized by, you know, by people in the organization around my successful stories. Uh, but after years, um, you know, through self-reflection, I don't carry too much anymore. So that makes me much more stronger, uh, you know, as a leader. Once again, thank you so much, Miao and Byron, for sharing your insights about how organizations and their leaders and everyone involved can come together, collaborate, start in a focused manner and convert small ideas to create big impact. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having us. And listeners, please connect with us on social media. Subscribe to our podcast. Once again, thank you for listening to CTN. This is your host signing off. Till next week, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program or for show archives, comments, or questions, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Thank you again for listening.